Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Richard Herring. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hello. Welcome to the show. It's called, oh, it's called Richard Ow. It's called Richard Herring's Edinburgh Fringe Podcast. I've just dropped a mic stand on my toe. I'm going to carry on. I'm going to be professional. Uh, uh, but uh, some of the cool kids are calling it Rehef. Oh, load, lots of them are. Uh, uh, so, uh, welcome. It's uh, um, show 10, I think. Fucking hell. Uh, Edinburgh drags on. Um, <laughs> no one's here to see anything. Everyone's vacated the city. It's like a ghost town. Uh, there's lots of people in today. Hello, hooray. Um, so, um, uh, yeah, I had my fun thing from yesterday was I met Rodney Buse from off of uh, The Lightly Lads. Uh, I went to see Barry Cryer, who, uh, if you listen to the last series, and if you are uh, alive, you will be aware, he's a fantastic comedian. Um, uh, but uh, Rodney Buse also came to the show. Uh, do you remember the Lightly Lads, to you youngsters? Yeah. Uh, and uh, he's, he was, look, I mean, he's quite an old man now. I've met him once before. He's a little bit eccentric, I think it's fair to say. But he was telling me and Ronnie Golden that uh, Jimi Hendrix played on the Lightly Lads theme tune. <laughs> and... Uh, we were kind of going, really? That I'd never heard that before. And he's going, no, that's that. It, the people don't believe it would definitely happen. So he said that Jimi Hendrix was playing in the same studios as when they were recording it. And that he came and said, oh, yeah, I like the sound of this. And then he <laughs> came and kind of jammed on the track. Um, and Rodney Buse has a slight reputation for being full of bullshit, I think. Uh, but, um, so that made it hard. But he said, I went home to my wife and said, oh, I was, you know, I was jamming with uh, Jimi Hendrix today. And she said, oh, yeah, why do you keep on telling these terrible lies? So that's quite a good part to put into his terrible lie, a part that you know, makes it seem more believable, doesn't it, that he kind of admits that he does lie, but this one, this one isn't a lie. And I, and I was going, but I don't, are you, is it you singing on the, light, on the Lightly Lads theme to you? And oh, yeah, that's me, that's... Because so, I, was, I was suspicious that he would be on the Lightly Lads theme tune in the studio himself, but he claimed he was. But also, depends which Lightly Lads series you look at. I've looked into it subsequently. I asked, <laughs> I kind of immediately had left him. I asked on Twitter, is this true? Has anyone heard this before? Because it's kind of such an amazing fact of the truth that you would surely be out there. Uh, and um, the original Lightly Lads uh, theme, which I don't know, I don't, it's not the. Because there's that now, oh, what happened to you? Whatever happened to me? That's whatever happened to the Lightly Lads. That's the second, that's a different series. Uh, so the original one was in the 19, early 1960s, which was before Jimi Hendrix was in the UK. And uh, whatever happened to the Lightly Lads was 1974, like a couple of years uh, at least after Jimi Hendrix was dead. <laughs> but I've looked into it. There was a radio version of, what, of the Lightly Lads where they did some of the TV scripts on the radio uh, in 1967 1968, which would work in the Paris studios where potentially Jimi Hendrix could have been. So we have to try and find out if this is true. But if it's not, it's just such a fantastic lie to start spreading. <laughs> I think we should start it, start it here. Um, I uh, also uh, had uh, a nice. Uh, well, the show was nice last night. There it's kind of weird. There are way few people around than usual. Like I've, I've bumped in my other show, Talking Cock Eight Fifteen at the Other Belly. I've bumped up a, ven- a, a size in menus. So I thought I would, you know, do at least the same as last year. And if I do better some days, that'll be kind of good. But it, the numbers are like kind of half what they were last year. But I had a lovely audience last night. In the front row, there was... Uh, I do it at the end of the show where I get people to shout out, men shout out, then women shout out, then gay men shout out. And then I do kind of impossible bit at the end where lesbians are men to shout out. Spoiler alert, I should have said. Uh, <laughs> but then two lesbians in the front row had a go at shouting the thing out, uh, which I kind of was quite, it was quite nice. And then they fist bumped each other. <laughs> and I said, that's not a lesbian fist bump, that's a lesbian fist bump. <laughs> which... Um, You'd have to imagine at home, uh, which they found, they found exciting. But uh, one of them came up to me to give me a copy of Adventures in Menstruating, issue five, <laughs> which I'm going to give away as one of the prizes today. Uh, it's very enjoyable. Uh, they, they're doing a show called Other Voices Spoken Word Cabaret at the Banshee Labyrinth. That's where the lesbians go to the Banshee. <laughs> to 40, they're all there. I'm, and so am I now. I've discovered where they hang out. It's venue 156, uh, 250 to 350, so... Uh, it's the same time as this show, God, the competition. I'm quite... I've only ha- seen Adventures in Menstruating Issue 5. I don't, I'm worried that having not read the first four... <laughs> but she thought, gee, I'd like it because, uh, you know, it's about sort of statistics about uh, uh, women things rather than men things. I do cocks. They do horrible... Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Uh, th- that's not very helpful. Uh, so, um, <laughs> so that, well, hello to them. They were very lovely, and uh, thank you for coming. And do come along if you're in Edinburgh. Uh, we've got some prizes for you later on. There's going to be competition later on. Uh, you can win. There's lo- only two copies left of Edinburgh for Edinburgh. Ed- Ed- Edinburgh for everyone. I think the man who wrote this might be in the audience today. 
<laughs> I think I started tweeting. Hey, hello, Ewan. Hello. How are you doing? Hi, You're less strange than I imagined, but still quite strange. <laughs> uh, it's a light-hearted history of English for people learning Edinburgh people learning English. How many copies have you sold so far? 160. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty good. I was going to laugh in your stupid face. Your stupid Scotch face. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a good book. There's only two copies left. I'm going to give one of them away today. Uh, there is also a copy of my new DVD, What is Love Anyway, available from GoFasterStrike.com. Uh, there's a Me 1 versus Me 2 snooker thing on there you're not going to believe. Uh, a copy of Will Hodgson's DVD. Uh, another one of mine, Head, Headmaster Son and uh, P Green Boat by Stuart Lee. Look at that. One of his lesser works. Um, they're all available from GoFast Stripe, who sponsor this ridiculous podcast. Um, uh, and do go there if you're enjoying it. If you could go and buy anything, it'd be lovely if you bought my DVD, because really, I was planning on making a little bit of money at this year to help pay for my kitchen. Uh, and uh, it looks like I'm going to lose money. So if you feel you've enjoyed these podcasts at home for free, uh, it would be lovely if you went to buy my DVD. And you still get a DVD, so it's... You know, it's a win-win situation. Uh, but if, uh, only if you kind of like my stuff. But then if you don't like my stuff, why are you listening to this podcast, you fucking idiot? Fuck off. <laughs> Go and listen to Peacock and Gamble. That's more your level. So uh, let's get... Let's get cracking on. Uh, I'm very excited with our guest today. He's a proper, real, terrifying, scary man uh, from Canada. Uh, will you please welcome the incredible Craig Campbell, ladies and gentlemen. Hopefully. But there he is. Here we go, Craig. You can take it out. Hello, good to see you, man. Take it out, put it in, whatever you want. Thanks. With you brought your own juice. Thank you, I have. Yeah, so you're yeah. anticipating a long... Yeah. A, a long keep, <laughs> keep your fluids up. Yeah, it's good. Uh, no, it's important uh, to do. Well, it is warm sure. in here, so yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah, it's yeah, sensible. And outside for the first time in a while. Yeah, mm-hmm. in nice weather. Yeah. You, you're a very outdoors man, though, aren't I you? I am. I like and the outdoors. You do? Yep. Do you go... Do you still... When I, I remember coming, like, nine years ago, and yep. I think I slept, b- briefly slept in, in your lounge when the, in the yep. house you were staying in. Yep. And you were... I think Where at the time, I live. You, well, yeah, you were living yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in yeah. Edinburgh. Oh, nice. uh, and oh, then right. uh, you were going running up Arthur's seat with a rucksack full of bricks. Yeah, that was a while. <laughs> do you still do that? Yeah, I uh, put uh, water where the bricks were. No, right. But, yeah, is, is water heavier than bricks? Yeah, uh, just it moves nicer. Okay. <laughs> yeah, presumably yeah. the water is... Ladies. <laughs> uh, I don't do the uh, weights anymore, though, but I, uh, I like to run up Arthur's seat, but just uh, I like a cardio workout. It's a pretty a full, hard... Hard, full, hardcore workout though. I mean, I go yeah. running a bit. I've yeah. walked up off the seat and it nearly killed me. Well, I, 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 yeah, my, my intention was to, as I'll use Edinburgh, you're in a place for a month, and depending on what I have uh, coming up, I will train for that. So, right. you know, if uh, at that particular time we were doing some climbing, so perfect opportunity. How about <laughs> a wonderful hill near your city? I'm here for a month. Why not uh, come away a bit stronger than you arrived? Right. <laughs> Anyone else run up off the seat? Anyone of the locals run up off the seat here? No, you're, an, you're a maniac. Yeah. Uh, so, so what, tell us about your show, first of all. You're, in, you're doing a show with uh, some other Canadian men. Yeah, we're doing the uh, Return of the Lumberjack show. It's a yeah. show that we brought here first in 1998 and 1999, and uh, it's with Glenn Wool and Mr. Stuart Francis, and it's a total riot, and um, if you get a chance to make it, that'd be nice, but uh, a lot of shit to see, and I understand that. <laughs> Whereabouts is it on? Uh, we're at the Assembly Rooms, George Street, at 8.10 in the evening. Ah, good. Yeah. Competi- direct competition with Talking Cock. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> which yeah, is always nice when you're performers as well, which uh, it takes the pressure off of having to see someone else's show. It's like, yeah. oh, we overlap directly. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. Oh, well, I can't. Uh, I really would have loved to cancel mine and make it known to you. You do pretty much overlap with everything at that time. That's yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. you can't go and see anything really before that. Before. Yeah. So I, went, I went to see Barry Cry yesterday, right. uh, who was on about 5.30 that's about the 5.30 to 6.30 right, that's the window that's the cut off yeah, yeah. but uh, very good he's finished yep. now though so that's I mean, I mean the show <laughs> he, he, he said he said thanks very Ooh. much for coming I said well Barry you're not going to make that many more Edinburgh so I, mean, I, I feel I feel the duty to keep going uh, do you think you'll keep going that long Barry Crow is uh, 77 years old I think oh wow Holy smokes. I'd love to be able to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I see that as uh, you know part of the running up Arthur's seat program. Yeah. <laughs> if I can keep that going, I'm sure I can keep talking for ten minutes in one place. <laughs> More applesauce. <laughs> it is good. when you get that stage and your audience are also that age, though, you can sort of basically do the same show every year because they've forgotten <laughs> they've forgotten it. He does, he does 
there's a nice like big mixture of old material and new material, but there's fair lots of. I mean, most of his material is pretty old. Uh, Very Cryus, <laughs> but it's fantastic. He was a fantastic, fantastic. But it's the best show I've seen in Edinburgh so far. Ever? Well, no, this this year it's the only right. one I've seen this. Yeah. <laughs> so, what, what, what did you? I, I'm quite interested in you because you're yep. like a proper man, I yep. think, rather than okay. like a like, There's a lot of comedians. I who do kind you of sleep with women. Actually, <laughs> 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 you mean one generally? Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with a cat on us. <laughs> That's love when the cat doesn't move. We'll get on to that later. <laughs> uh, Same position. The claws <laughs> come further out. <laughs> <laughs> For a while, I thought I had a tumor. <laughs> Christ, every, every time I screw my woman, I get a pressure in my high kidney. Oh. It's yeah. some, ki- some kind of threesome. Yep. But, um, yep. uh, <laughs> but you, you, a lot of like comedians are kind of Oxbridge sort of graduates who never I'm done, not. done anything in that. I was going to check. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't remember you being in Oxford, but no. uh, no. I'm including myself in that. So what I, did you I do come from a different place. I, uh, well, my first uh, simultaneous job with comedy was guiding rafts, which was probably the pinnacle of my life, and I didn't realize it at that point. But I would take, uh, depending, one or two raft trips down a river, get on my little Kawasaki motorbike and ride into Calgary and then do shows at night. So I was right. moonlighting as a comedian while I was raft guiding during the day, and that was pretty damn awesome as an 18, <laughs> 19-year-old kid. And then uh, since then, it's been pretty much downhill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is good for rafting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. You need a river very, as well. Very you, nice, yeah, yeah. You do need a river. We actually, that job ended because uh, the city of Banff, uh, within Banff National Park, wouldn't uh, upgrade their um, their sewage system. So near the end of that, that job was uh, informing people as well as keeping their hands in the raft at certain uh, you know technical areas. Uh, you should also not touch, uh, as we called them, finless browns. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of bit of trout humor for you, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then they just pulled us off the river, right, for a coliform count. Yeah. Oh. So how are your lives? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that a municipality would debate whether or not. Yeah, when do we think we should start to strain our shit? What do you think? No, <laughs> no, let's discuss that for longer. I think. <laughs> no, you have to clean your poo now. Really. Yeah. <laughs> It's that an immediate problem. Seems a shame that shit's going into the beautiful rivers Act of Canada. In a national park. Yeah, in the yeah. first ever national park. Yeah, right. it's unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's, you know, the city would grow from about 5,000 people live there, and then in the summer they'd get upwards of a million guests. Right. That, that, you know, they all want to take a poo at some point. And <laughs> the locals are like, well, huh, we don't want to poo for just that time. And, you know, don't, do we have to clean your poo too? You know, people get real specific about what they're going to strain. How did you get into rafting? Was that something you, you did? You got, I, you're a very out, outdoors, outgoing, adventurous man. They say, yeah, my world comes to me, my own life comes to me often in flashes, but I just, uh, in a long time, hadn't thought about uh, earlier in this week the time that I was hired for that job, and yeah. I was actually kayaking in a river, a place called the Red Deer River in Canada, and uh, this is, I don't know how you've received jobs in your life, but a guy wandered down the gravel bar and just said, uh, can you drive stick? <laughs> I'm like, uh, yeah. He goes, okay, do you want to make like 50 bucks and all the donuts you can eat? <laughs> and at that time in my life, that was a magical offer. <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, got in a van and uh, was able to work a clutch, and then it was donut time, baby. <laughs> That's how that job started. If they'd asked me, I don't think I could have eaten more donuts than they had. C- can you drive stick? I can't, no, I can't really. Yeah, well, I yeah. sort of can, but I don't. I've got an automatic car. It's a hard it means a, ma- it's a manual versus an automatic car for... No. <laughs> For the non-Canadian and Americans in the audience, yeah. um, <laughs> and what and what and, and so what attracted you to comedy? You're doing comedy at the same time as this, so you're 18 yep. years old doing comedy. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. What it was, was the scene like? Uh, well, Bam, there's a big comedy. Is there a big comedy festival in Banff? Is that right? Or is uh, I think they do some stuff there now, but yeah. I, I only go back in the winter. To me, right. the mountains only uh, reflect uh, uh, winter attraction to me, and that's yes. sort of uh, the pinnacle of my existence over the last like well eight years, culminating with last winter, is to try and get shows only in the mountains in the winter. <laughs> and last year, it went from January first to April seventeenth, ending in Norway. And <laughs> and it's just great. Like any time anybody calls me in the winter, yeah, you want to do a show? Not if you don't have a ski hill. <laughs> <laughs> Call you in the summer. <laughs> 
So that's been uh, what I've been up to for, yeah. the, for the winters, and it's just been absolutely tremendous, which yeah. is probably what attracted me to doing comedy in the first place, is that I could see when I first started meeting people from around the world, like uh, uh, British comedians that would come to Canada, and it just you know quickly pieced together, wow, I might get to, to visit Scotland one day, perhaps, or yeah. might get to go to England, or example, New Zealand. And, and these are all things that somebody had the, sk- you know, the skills of driving stick and eating donuts. <laughs> uh, that, that was a pretty amazing thing. If I were to, like, at 18 years old, imagine how I could possibly get to New Zealand through any wiles that I possess, uh, comedy was the great one to be able to go to, yeah. and, and it's been amazing since. And so what was the break that got you to kind of get to travel the world? Were you just, just build your way up, or was there something that happened? Yeah, Jay, well, we actually, we was talking about that earlier today, just where you, you at first kind of aim for, you think that things are going to be big breakthroughs, and then, of course, you know, I'm going to speak for you, it, you get to a certain age and experience in this business where it's just like another gig, no matter what it is. Yeah. But at first, it's like, you know, for us, of course, and it happens, I suppose, on this side as well, people will get offered the Montreal Comedy Festival, quite a, you know, uh, uh, solid after element of our business but then once you do that a couple of times and you realize you know that Jim Carrey doesn't uh, live in your house or anything you, know, <laughs> you just realize oh that was another gig okay so uh, oh I have to keep being funny oh wow okay <laughs> and then it just becomes like you know another step along the way and you think that you're going to get to the top of something and ride down the other side oh it's all powder from here yeah <laughs> and, and then you just realize, oh there's another gig that I got to climb to okay <laughs> and, and that's what uh, it seems to me so to is be your interest in climbing and sport kind of because you literally think this is what comedy is about that you have to learn to climb you've forgotten your allegory has become literal in your head and you have to climb mountains and then go down them on the other yeah, side yeah. yeah a little bit but yeah. well because you know I, I also have lived in the situation where you wait for things to happen to you in Los Angeles that's another element of what we do you know especially in North America you entertain enough Canadians that somebody wants to put you on a television in the States and, and then you just end up in LA doing what they call pilot season if people aren't familiar with that it's like February to March in LA they cast for all of the upcoming season shows, whether they're comedy or dramas or whatever. And many, many people will flock to be in L.A. at that time, just waiting to be the wacky neighbor or the person next door or whatever. And during that time, I wasn't making any money, and you just realize that your life's on hold and you're not enjoying yourself. And through that experience, I realized, no, that I actually like mountain biking, and I really like when I'm near the sea to try to surf. I don't put that out to anybody that I can surf, but anybody like me, uh, swim near a surfboard. Anybody been in that? uh, Anybody here ever freaked out because your own board hit you and you thought that was a shark you ever had that moment and you're like yeah! it's, it's my own equipment <laughs> attached to my leg with a cable that's how that happened like I don't but through that, I realized, yeah. no, I actually like life. I like, yeah. uh, and, and the UK has given me that. I, I live in the heart of Devon, and it's a phenomenal experience for me to be And there. so stand-up, I mean, because that's, you know, a lot of people who do stand-up, like, especially when you go to Montreal, are doing stand-up in order to become the kooky neighbor. Totally, yeah. yeah and yeah, so absolutely. I think you, you, know, you, you either get to the point, I suppose, where that doesn't happen, or you decide, actually, I like doing stand-up. Like stand-up. You, kind of, you kind of work out who really was into stand-up because the minute they totally. get the chance the minute they get the chance to do something else the stand-up disappears but I can't imagine with you if you ever did get offered the kooky neighbor that, that I'd want to stop no yeah absolutely yeah. no I, I feel that and, and actually another thing that you know th- people don't realize if, if you don't uh, the UK provides for comedians like if nothing else happens if all you get to do is stand-up in this part of the world it's awesome it's unbelievable <laughs> like whether there's any gravy beyond that whether you ever become a wacky neighbor this place is just like it's the gate way to the planet you know you do shows in in france you do shows in the alps and the middle east you can get to australia new zealand like to me this is the epicenter of all english-speaking comedy this you know winter i'll be in norway again i've got sailboat snowboarding shows set up in reykjavik in iceland <laughs> like like it's just uh, and it's because brits are all over the planet just looking okay is there any comedy here as well <laughs> i mean we're gonna get hammered anyway but is there anything to laugh at and, you know, North Americans aren't like that. They're more insular that way, you know? Like, cool. is, the, is there free parking? <laughs> <laughs> you know? How have the, the people of Devon taken to you? Cause when did you move to Devon? I'm lucky I'm banging a local. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> P- pretty insular part of the world. You wouldn't want to just keep showing up. <laughs> Who's that guy that's not a farmer? <laughs> 
It's a, it's a pretty wicked place for me to yeah. uh, to live. Yeah, I love it, and I and I say that in jest because I actually uh, I like that I interact with farmers on a pretty regular basis in my sure. life, and and that they uh, you know I think they enjoy having just some weird hippie can Canadian in their midst. I I say hippie. I don't I don't think I hold any hippie ideals, but for me the the amazing most amazing moment in my life in that part of the world is much like I think in Scotland you get it more regularly, but much like parts of England you usually get snow for a couple of weeks of the winter, and I have great pride in being functional in both cold and snow <laughs> and and my car uh, I set up to be going to the Alps regularly and I drive to Norway in fact all the places that I go to in the winter including Austria and Switzerland I go in my own car so I source my own tires from Finland the only part of the world that has a 24-7 365 days a year test track for their tires thank you Nokia and uh, not many people know that about the Finns what are they good at rally car nice all right and so I got my car rigged up to be able to take on the world. And uh, at one point, a couple of winters ago, when you had a particularly uh, heavy dump of snow, my local farmer, James, was spending, as he does when it snows, most of his day in his tractor hauling strangers out of the ditch with a cable <laughs> while his wife demands donations to the church. <laughs> oh, you'd like to get home, would you? <laughs> my husband would like to pull you out of the ditch as well. <laughs> come to some sort of arrangement. <laughs> and somewhere in the midst of that ordeal for him, he happened to notice that there were pretty regular tire tracks in and out of where we live up quite a steep lane and where I back into my parking space with pride. <laughs> and this person who he probably thinks is, you know, a little bit of a weirdo living in his midst, he just asked my partner, he's like, uh, you know, where's Craig, first of all, and, uh, and whose vehicle is that that keeps going back and forth up a laneway when I'm pulling people off of straight roads <laughs> and, uh, or flat roads? And, uh, and she just said, oh, it's a, yeah, Craig, he's just gone to work because, um, you know, he sources his, uh, his tires on the internet from a company in Finland. And, <laughs> and just to have, like, an elderly Devon farmer that's been working all day pulling people out of the bushes is just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> no comment, just all in the eyes. And I don't know if he actually needs a haircut. No. Yeah, so you're kind of the antithesis of me. I kind of find it quite hard to move my car when it's good conditions. <laughs> on, on dry roads? Uh, yeah, I right. can, I've, only, I've crashed my car about four times, but only under five miles an hour. Wow. Uh, so Into I'm, what? I'm very bad. Well, just bumping. I'm very bad when I'm going slowly. Right. If I'm going fast, I'm fine. <laughs> so I, you know, I sort of think... <laughs> I don't think I should just drive fast all the time. Yeah. But it kind of gets hard when you're trying to stop. Yeah, absolutely. Park, <laughs> harder to park. Yeah. Oh. yeah. 70 miles an hour. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. But, but you know you're staying. <laughs> <laughs> and you're telling me backstage you don't, yep. you don't have a TV. You haven't no, had a TV. I haven't had one for going into 15 years or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Since I moved to the UK in like 1998. That's what, what, yeah. what, what made you decide? Uh, time and uh, what's on it. <laughs> <laughs> We were actually we were speaking backstage, and I yeah. feel like uh, you know it wouldn't be everybody's perspective, and I wouldn't expect it to be your perspective. But I also you know grew up in a part of the world as where you know seventy two channels was our norm. I think for you guys it was a fictional notion from a song, you know seventy two channels and nothing's on. But we've been living that forever, and and you at a time when you guys had like two channels and nothing's on, right, or, or, or three and maybe a few things on. But we've basically been spoiled with television, and that's maybe being a Canadian growing up next to an American market where you just constantly got tons of bullshit coming at you loudly and and it's strange the further you're away from television the more obnoxious it is when you actually get near it or turn it on it's just like god why is it so loud what's it talking about god, it, the colors are so bright i don't want soap ah! you know and uh, and i can't be drawn into it it's somebody else's world and i've, I've got stuff to do in mine well, it does give you time to do other things although I, yeah. I i don't really watch tv anymore but now i'm just i'm stuck on the i get stuck on the internet do you have, do you, do you have the do you yeah we the yeah we have monitors in yeah. our house and we like we were talking backstage you know i put in dvds to watch or yeah. something specific it's nice to be able to like decide on something and sit down and watch it at your time and enjoy it for yourself or turn it off when you want but when it's just like you know hey it happens to be 704 let's just pile on 50 things and see if there's something interesting to watch yeah. and the other thing 
thing is I, I take on board and I admit that there's always something amazing to watch. Like, you know, no matter how tired you are at 2 in the morning, if you're on the road as a comic and you turn on the television, if you make the mistake to push the button, you're dead tired. You left the bar because you were tired, and then just all of a sudden, oh, oh Jaws is starting. Oh. <laughs> and then, you're, of course, it's a phenomenal film. Of yeah. course, why would you not sit and want deliverance at 3 a.m.? Yeah, let's go. Wow. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's 6.44 and you're awake. Oh, my God, what's happening? Oh, you're being hypnotized. Enjoy your soap. <laughs> but yeah, it frees you up. But then you, yeah. if I got rid of my TV, would I spend all day running up mountains? Because I'm not sure that I'd right. won that. So that that seems like hard work. I can sit down and watch my TV. But now I'll have no TV and I'll just have to find other things to do. Yeah, I, I, I find it, it gives me energy that I didn't know I had. It's kind of, you know, it's one of those things like you're, you're exhausted at the end of exercise, but it also you wake up the next day. And I especially notice it when I'm traveling or driving for long periods of time. If, you, if you've been keeping yourself fit, you can really get through a lot of stuff. You can also last a long time without sleep or if you miss a meal, you've got that, you know, ability yeah. to get by it. Whereas if you haven't really been keeping up on yourself and you run into a bad patch in your life, it's just like, oh, no, now I'm in a paralysis. Paralytic coma. <laughs> uh, drugs. <laughs> need, need drugs. Well, I'll, I won't ask you the Doctor Who question then, because I don't think you'll know the answer to no, that. No, not at all. But I will ask you, and you might be the uh, you might be has a scarf, right? <laughs> he does. It's a good way to kill a man. You might be the only person. <laughs> you might be the only person who actually has already experienced of this if you spend a lot of time in the wild. Uh, if you had to have, <laughs> I'm going to get punched in the face now. So I, might, I might, I might go in different. I hope you didn't hear that little thing. Um, if you had to have sex with an animal, if you had to, yeah. not just on your back. That was my you. excuse. <laughs> <laughs> if you had, if I was holding a gun, uh, all yeah. your family and saying you have to have, but you can yeah. choose any animal in the animal kingdom. You've overestimated what I think of my family. <laughs> 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 well, no, they're all dead. What's next? <laughs> oh, we're at the same place. Okay. <laughs> if there was something valuable to you, if I took away all the snow in the world, yeah. uh, unless you had sex with an animal, yeah. um, what? Which animal would you use? You can choose any species of animal in the world. It'd be a, a sheep. A sheep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's the tra- most well, anatomically it's accurate to a human vagina. <laughs> <laughs> do you learn these what things? What would you twisted fucks do? <laughs> Aardvark! I'm less weird. <laughs> Matthew Kelly did choose an anteater, which is the same thing, isn't it, as an aardvark? So that's you want to get the end right? Yeah. Yeah, he was. Yeah. I said it would eat anything, so it's pretty, you know, it's pretty, pretty good. Yeah. What did you say? Um, I haven't, well, I, I like the acarpi. It, because again, it's a similar reason for I don't you. Know a copy, right? It's like a zebra crossed with a kind of llama kind of thing. But the, if you right. look at it from behind, keep, keep going. If you, if, you, if you look at it from behind yeah, and you only yeah, see, yeah, it's, which I would be, uh, yeah. it's buttocks. Yeah. They look very much like a sort of lady wearing sort of zebra striped pants. So you could, you could. I think you could convince if you had yeah. to have. Yeah. I wouldn't. I don't want to do it. But if I had to, I think I could be convincing myself. I was just it was a lady bending over. If I didn't look too I, far forward, I, I can or try and feel underneath. I, I can see that as an analogy. Yeah. We have a number of horses, and there's a little bit between the legs where the hair won't grow. <laughs> <laughs> it's as pink as the nose. <laughs> and I, I could go there. People are upset. People are very upset today. The, sat- yeah. the Saturday afternoon crowd are more shock- shockable yeah. than. That was quite bestiality. Shocking. Yeah, bestiality is, t- is too far yeah, for them. Almost three o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's cool. Come on, we live in the UK. We're not for bestiality. Half of you wouldn't be here. <laughs> <laughs> that, that holds no truth. There is uh, there is a Neanderthal DNA in the human. Yes, being, absolutely. So, so we, uh, depending whether you count on a Neanderthal yeah, some man, some percentage, is, isn't it? Yeah. Three or so three or four. a Neanderthal man is a kind of animal. I mean, hmm. human beings are an animal as well. Yeah. Let's face it. Uh, but, uh, and we were all animals, and yeah. your great, 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 great grandparent was probably some kind of like little shrew creature, and that, that then had sex with another shrew, so it's in your family. And common as well. Yeah. So, uh, the common ancestry, I don't know if you know this statistic, but it, it shocked me a number of years ago, it's quite old now, that uh, 95% of all Europeans root back to 10 known fathers. Yeah. Genetically. Yeah, yeah. Which is, uh, so, hello, family. <laughs> 
Well, no, it's astonishing. I mean, is it? I think that when you get into that, oh, I'm very interested in genetics and yeah, that, sure. the, the spread of the human race from Africa. When you do get mm. into it, the fact that people are kind of fighting each other, like, you know, anywhere in the world. You yeah. know, often it's the people who are most yeah. like each other start fighting each other because they're different from each other in mm. some way. But we, if, you're a, if you're a person who thinks, oh, I hate this people because they're from there and I'm from yeah. here, you know, we're you're all came... You're an idiot. You are an yeah. idiot. <laughs> <laughs> we're all in the same place. Read so, you know, I like my family, but I don't like people who aren't in my family. We're all yeah. from the same place, you idiots. Um, good. What else is going on with you? Uh, That's a good question. Hey, get that in Parkinson. <laughs> this, I just want him to, to make the agenda. Uh, for uh, starting in September, it's a good I'm, question. I'm, uh, back on the road, back on the road, opening for Frankie Boyle. Oh, which is you? quite an exciting part cool. of my life. Yeah, so yeah. I've, I've got that up until December, and uh, those will be pretty good. Considering the two shows that we had in Edinburgh at the beginning of August uh, were attended by the local constabulary. How were they? <laughs> just to make sure people could quit throwing things through windows, and uh, they they went beyond the ability of the uh, of the security and the staff in the building to right. deal with them. So uh, so the police were called. So I, I don't know exactly if that's a um, a window into the future. <laughs> but it's quite exciting to be around that kind of excitement yeah. on, a, on a show. But it's kind of because presumably that sort of sta- is that sort of stadium size gigs or just big theaters? Yeah, uh, big theaters leading up to on the last tour we were up to ten thousand seaters. Right. So that uh, you know that's pretty good size. Yeah, and it's wild when you I don't know if you have experience of performing and that kind of thing. But this uh, obviously <laughs> you, some of them may, may, you know I, uh, you might I have, have a little bit of experience, Craig. Thanks. I don't know if you're an industry audience, or, but um, but there's a strange moment, and I've only experienced it on the previous tour, where uh, you you f- at first think that you're dealing with the best heckler in the world in a room that size because you're hearing your own echo, your own reflection, <laughs> and and the timing of that person is impeccable. Every every time you're not speaking, he's getting it in, and it's just like, wow, that guy is good. And then once you realize it's actually you heckling you, you have that added sensation of you're in the middle of telling a joke where you're, you're marveling at the fact that you're also being heckled by yourself. <laughs> and it's a, a, quite a spacey moment to be like, oh, wow, that's me. Oh, I should probably deal with that revelation at another time. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Newcastle. <laughs> But how is it? Do Another I mean, thing about your mum. Obviously, they've come to see Frankie. Yes, absolutely. And so, does that is is that a difficult gig? Yeah, play? you always expect so. And I now that I've done enough shows, both opening for Frankie and Rich Hall and various other you know luminaries of our comedy world, you expect that it's just going to be a we want the who, we want the who. <laughs> but I and I don't say this disparaging as a British audience, but I think just in my experience, most British audiences are just like, oh, well, he's free. <laughs> <laughs> Very rarely run into any uh, animosity or you know anger against you because you're in the way of their act, which yeah. is uh, and part of that, of course, is that you're in a full audience where they're you know they're excited to see Frankie that night. They're really uh, they're they're titillated already, and you just have to really grab that energy and keep going with it. Rather than I've also performed you know when you're with celebrities and there's like 30 people in a 250 seater and it's just like <laughs> hey hello, <laughs> yeah, none of us are having a good time yet, huh? Well. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry, and um, your main act is probably unhappy too. <laughs> it's a harder, you know, harder yeah. world to work. But once you can just get a hold of people, they're like, <laughs> I'm like okay, okay, look over here, <laughs> and 20 minutes are done. <laughs> a pretty, uh, pretty wild one. The w- wildest one we had actually was in Oban on the west coast of Scotland and that's, uh, we did a second show on a Friday or a Saturday night and it's the first time I've ever dealt with like actual, what I would consider a Beatlemania type mania and, and then you can't even talk to people. Like the impression I just did of like, when you look at your front row and they're just going Bruce and Frankie over there! And it's like, okay, I'm going to leave now because this is going nowhere good quick. And how is Terrible. Frankie Boyle in real life? He's written a book in which he, uh, I think I, I get raped or something in the book. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I think so. Or he, wow. we, it might be Josie Long or me. We get something awful right. happen to us, both of us anyway. A fictional account. Well, of I think, I'm hoping yeah. it's a fictional account. <laughs> I don't know. With so accompanying ever, video link. <laughs> oh, wow. If it's happened already, I don't remember oh. it. If it's a plan of what he wants to do oh. to me, I'm not. I haven't actually right. read it yet. Has anyone read Frankie Boyle's book? There you go. Half of Half it. Half of it. What did you get to? I'm on the way. You're on the way. You're still, you're still, you haven't <laughs> given it. You haven't gone, oh, fuck this. This is awful. You haven't got to the rape yet. No. <laughs> but that's going to spur you on, eh, now? <laughs> if you want, I, you know, I'm happy to, you know... If you pay, yeah, I'm happy to you know, give you a visuals if you like. But the problem with that, of course, is then the minute I agree it isn't rape anymore, and I'm assume, I assume you won't be interested. Uh, so... Uh, 
that's the problem. Uh, he's uh, he's phenomenally generous, and yeah. probably uh, you know uh, you you see in people uh, somewhat a cookie cutter example of their humanity in in media. Of course, you know it's very hard sometimes to. I think uh, we don't really know. We have to admit we don't know people on television just because we watch them on a show no. a couple of times a week, and that's what you deal with. Uh, you know, I, I, me on the fringes of his experience is just people walking up and acting like they know him because they watched Mock the Week forty yeah. times in a row on Dave at three in the morning. And that and that's a, an odd experience. And the Frankie that I know is somebody who's just been incredibly generous to me beyond what the industry uh, calls for in terms of uh, financial remuneration and uh, in terms of freedom. Things like uh, yeah. I'm allowed to go and do other shows. That's not a very common thing in our business. If somebody hires you and pays for you to come to their venue, puts you up in a hotel, you can't really just go to the club down the street and make another wage that night on the back of like who brought you here? Oh, just a magical helicopter, you know. <laughs> but he has no. Uh, you know, he has yeah, no yeah. prison of you on that uh, front, and puts me in the best hotel that I'll never stay in on my uh, on my own ever again. <laughs> so, um, and at the same time, is generous to everyone around him that I can see in his life. So that's something that people might not know about him. You know? Yeah, that's ruined. Yeah. If you'll hate you, you'll never work for him again. Now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Destroyed yeah. his yeah. Uh, Andy eats children. <laughs> <laughs> It is a weird thing. I mean, now that's the, when you see these the big stars, and I do really like Frankie, and I think yep. like I think he did that. I mean, I don't mind. I find it funny that he's <laughs> written this thing about me personally. Yeah, of course, yeah. But um, you gotta have a sense of humor. Yeah, you, I think you have to. You know, it's sort of so stupid, and I'm so and his audience won't know who I am. Mm. I kind of find it quite funny. That he's bothered, that he's that bothered. Yep. But I think because I've, I've maybe I, I, I think he's a brilliant comedian, and there's a couple of his jokes I've thought that's not that good a joke. When, right. he, when he's yeah. done about disabilities and stuff, I've just said that's actually not as good as some of your other jokes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I don't know whether he's genuinely he, he's blocked me on Twitter if that's really him on Twitter so I don't right, know okay. I can't imagine he's really annoyed about it but um, uh, it'd be nice if I'd got to him though wouldn't it if, that, if I'd find uh, but no but I've worked with him and he's been very nice to yeah, me yeah, as yeah. well I have to say but it's kind of that weird thing where someone becomes that famous mm -hmm. and there's a lot of us comedians kind of going around and we can I mean in Edinburgh I walk around and people will recognise me and that's kind of a little bit odd for me yeah 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 but it's it he must just really can't do that yeah but it's but it's but in real life I don't you know I don't I'm not bothered <laughs> in any ways but it's kind of an odd it's an odd thing isn't it, to get that famous and then yeah that effect it has on so is it something you would like would you like to no do? no no it's one of the things I most relish in being yeah. able to travel with them that you know I can finish my show and go to a takeaway and yeah. get some fish and chips without being you know headbutted to death kind of thing <laughs> like I, I, it, it's nice to anonymity is an amazing thing yeah. if you're around people who are quite famous and just you know little things like oh I gotta go grab something I gotta get a cable at Radio Shack for my computer and it's like he can't do that he no. can't just wander down the high street and pop in and ask questions because he's inundated with people wanting to get a picture taken with him or confront him about whatever issues yeah. they might have and, and you just uh, end up living quite a cloistered life which I would never want to be able to do I, I like the fact that I make just enough money to enjoy what I enjoy and, uh, and have the freedom to travel the world without being you know accosted essentially sounds pretty good your life sounds pretty amazing Amazing. Yeah, damn. Uh, damn. I, uh, can I can I just say I yeah. think it's an odd thing with the um, uh, uh, that incident of the, uh, the the biggest incident of the of the disabled incident of Frankie's last tour yeah. came out in uh, the second show we did in Reading and it's just quite telling in our world these days that there was a lady in the audience that had a disabled child and took issue to to what Frankie was saying on stage in the moment but that uh, that nobody else in that entire forum including myself or many people that I know personally that were in the audience or anybody of the like 2,000 people in the Reading catchment area that were watching the show were in any way inquired of by the media as to what they thought they saw at a live show. And this yeah. is just the world we live in now that like somebody who was really upset and very offended and had personal reasons for being so had her account recorded and without edit shown in major broadsheets regularly as the only thing that happened that night and this to me is sort of the you know this is the game on the field with the media that they don't they don't actually like what happened oh wow that's crazy we'll get on the on the phone and find out who else was there and get yeah. some like not even a counter opinion just another opinion <laughs> would be amazing instead of just like okay there's a frantic person that needs to be sedated find out what she's saying and you know, it, it reminds me of the uh, the Kursk interview when uh, those poor Russian sailors were drowning in the sea, and they had to they had to sedate the mothers that were uh, you know uh, confronting Putin. But in one of the most you know sort of uh, uh, dramatic things I've ever seen on television, just people who were really upset, just having people come up behind them with a syringe and do do do. Okay, we'll talk to you tomorrow. And recover from your mania. So, cool. Yeah. Well, we're gonna have a quick break because uh, uh, our stand-up act uh, is. Uh, 
having to dash off to an, another show after this, so we're going to a bit early, but we're going to carry on talking in a sec. But if awesome. you if Good you head off for a second, give her a room to get on. That's Craig Campbell. There, it's not bad, is it? So we've got more things coming up. And um, our next, uh, our, our stand-up. So I'd like to give five minutes uh, to sort of newer acts and people who are up here in Edinburgh and do publicise your own show, Helen, at the end because I haven't seen you before. I hope you're here because I haven't seen her yet, so I'm hoping she's here. Uh, uh, she does a brilliant Radio Four show that's fantastic uh, about not quite rocket science or something. I can't quite remember what it's called off the top of my head. It's really good though, and so I'm very much looking forward to seeing her. Will you please welcome Helen Keane? Ah, oh, marvellous. Hello, you alright? Yes, it's good to be up before three o'clock on a Saturday, isn't it? Uh, I think so. Congratulations to us all. Uh, my dad always used to say to me about getting up early, it's very important, Helen, because, you know, the early bird catches the worm, he'd say. I don't know if you've heard that expression, the early bird catches the worm. And I'd think, yeah, but right, there's two little creatures in that saying, isn't there? There's a bird and there's a worm. And I don't know why everyone assumes they're automatically going to get to be the bird. Because I think the worm would have positively benefited from a line. I think he is very much wishing he'd hit snooze with either end, really, I suppose. Um, but, yeah. So, um, yeah, so um, I'm up here doing a show this year, which is always really exciting. Uh, my show, a lot of my show is about my very uh, over-ambitious, over-optimistic thoughts about the future when I was a kid. Because uh, when I was nine, I used to read loads of science fiction, and I genuinely believed that by the time I was the age I am now, I would be living in a geodesic dome house on Mars. Yeah, I'm not... Um, I'm renting in Ryslip, Zone 6, uh, renting in Ryslip, it's a former granny annex. Boys, yeah. Um, my landlord and landlady, they've tried to disguise the fact that it's a granny annex. Uh, they've tried to make it more sort of suitable for a younger tenant. They've painted the whole thing pastel. On one pastel wall, I've got pastel kittens chasing balls of pastel wool. On the other pastel wall, I've got pastel ballerinas in tutus doing ballet. Uh, it's not really my taste. One of my friends came around the other day and said, to be honest, Helen, in here, it does look a little bit like the lair of virgin girl. <laughs> um, I'm quite geeky, but I'm not that up on the superheroes, so I don't know if virgin girl is an actual superhero or not. <laughs> and this worries me. I've been thinking, if she were, what would be her superpower? I was thinking, what would be her superpower, virgin girl? Maybe, maybe, right, she'd have a really, really strong hymen. <laughs> She could use it to deflect things. Use it to... De- I don't know. Uh, I'm not Stan Lee, clearly. But, uh, yeah, sorry, a bit... Oh, Hyman's a bit early in the day, isn't it? But no, no. Three o'clock, vagina o'clock, uh, where I live. Um, good, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, if anyone's offended by that. Um, but, yeah, no. <laughs> bringing it up um uh, but yeah I, I, my whole sort of as i say this this brought back slightly unhappy memories for me this whole virgin girl thing because i grew up in a seaside town in the north of england i don't know how much you know about seaside towns in the north of england they are hotbeds of underage sexual activity and teenage pregnancy for everyone but me um government were quite worried about this not in my case specifically but just generally uh so they commissioned a team of academics to try and find out what was the reason for all this underage sexual shenanigans this team of academics took two years to produce a report that concluded uh that it was all down all the teenage pregnancies etc etc were all down to the atmosphere in seaside towns of quotes carnivalesque excitement Presumably they mean the crazy golf, sending those teenage hormones wild, really. But anyway, it was very difficult. By the time I was 14, I was pretty much the only virgin left in my year at school. I know, um, I did try to make the best of it, though. I did get quite a lot of reading done. Um, mm. And it was one day while I was reading a medieval bestiary, I'm sure all familiar with those, uh, that I discovered as pretty much the only virgin left in coastal northeast Yorkshire, I was the best placed to capture a unicorn. So every cloud. Um, anyway, um, I haven't got much time. To, but yeah, I'm, I'm sort of obviously much past that. I'm very sophisticated now. I'm, I'm grown up. I'm, I'm a feminist. Oh, good. That's a brilliant reaction. Thank you very much. Because I talk about that a bit in my show. And sometimes it makes things go a bit weird. And people kind of, you know, because people have assumptions sometimes if you say you're a feminist. They think, oh, you know, maybe dowdy, plain, frigid, man-hating. 
you know, yeah, and that's, that's my fight here really this afternoon to prove those things are just a coincidence. Um, <laughs> but um, anyway, I think that's, that's nearly my time. So uh, yes, thank you very much. Um, I just say my show, uh, it's about the future. Uh, there's an old saying, uh, when men talk of the future, the gods laugh. The gods were not in my audience last Tuesday. Um, but if you would like to be, if you would like to be, it's 3.30 at the Pleasance Courtyard. Helen Keane, River Woman of Tomorrow. Thank you. Helen Keane. Fabulous. And here's Craig Campbell. He's back. We're back. We're back in the room. Uh, no, it's, well, it's kind of interesting. I, don't, I, I sort of don't know if I should talk about this. I will talk about it. But, you know, we, we, we're talking about people getting offended about stuff. I mean, it's kind of interesting no. someone going to Frankie Boyle show and then no. getting offended by it. They're, presumably they're laughing all the way through and then yeah, the one thing course. that hits them, that, you know, which has happened a little bit to me. And you can understand it and something really horrible happens to someone or there's something really bad in their life and then they go, oh, hold on, that one's not, that's mm-hmm. not so funny. But you, you're kind of laughing at everything. But at my poster... Uh, which I, you know, this year is me um, with, as an action man with my trousers down yeah, and, yeah. and no penis. Love and that shirt. So it's a good way of, of discussing the subject, of visualising the subject without showing the subject. So, you know, I, I thought. And I, I'm quite enjoying that I, whenever I walk around, I'll see your little kids are obsessed with it and love it, <laughs> which is kind of hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I saw yesterday, I saw like a, a 10-year-old girl looking at it and then her little sister coming around and really staring at yeah. it. And then the 10-year-old sister grabbing the little one and kind of pulling her away because <laughs> as if she'd seen this thing and then saying, oh, you know, this is your two uh, young ladies. But it's kind of a jolly... Worth, worth the money for it right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a lovely, yeah, really yeah. lovely moment. Yeah. It's a jo- jolly image. But then someone emailed me today saying that they'd, they'd had some terrible things happen to them in their lives and that, how, how dare I put this poster all over the over town because you know they've been attacked and assaulted and stuff and it's kind of quite a, a leap to go from to, to see that within that so it's, it's very difficult isn't it when you get when you do something that you think's funny someone's going to manage to yeah. find the find the unpleasantness in the who's yeah. left their phone on that yeah disgrace. i had one uh <laughs> <laughs> it might even be hard to explain now that i'm going to try but uh, okay, yeah uh, so it is hard it's hard I, something to I, talk about i, I had a, a bit of an emotional event which generally in my life translates to a fun story to tell on stage where i uh and i stress had to uh not wanted to i i had to kick a badger to death <laughs> 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 so th- I'm glad you see the humor in that. <laughs> uh, but uh, through, through uh, I, I was uh, uh, g- gotten in touch with by some people who claimed to really enjoy what I do, and I have no doubt that they really yeah. enjoyed what I did up until that point. Not even up until that point. They just advised, like, my husband and I would feel a lot better if you didn't tell that story. Yeah. And I sent back, and it's, uh, you know, we discussed this backstage, it's always hard to, do you engage people on any level at all because it just, you know, it's a, it's a black hole. You, yeah. can't, you can't win defending yourself on any level other than it's a joke and it's a story and it happened in my life. But yeah. I sent back warts and all, and uh, which for me is like, you know, I'm going to do I'm freely the stories in my life, and I hope that you like some of them, and some of them that you don't like, I hope that you self-edit. Yeah. And I didn't hear back from them again, but um, essentially I was coming home, and, and I and I take on board that I used to, I, I don't know if you in your own lives, prejudge people when I, you know, I'm new in your world, and badgers are kind of a new thing to see slaughtered all over the freeways and, <laughs> and uh, on roads, and when I used to see any dead animal, but specifically badgers, I had some compassion toward them, just thinking, you know, maybe people, maybe people, people I've never met, people I know nothing about in their own lives, maybe they should just pay a little more attention when they're driving, steer a little quicker, you know, know that there's other things out there, maybe just go a bit slower in their lives. And as I was condemning others fictionally in my own mind, I uh, I struck a badger with my motorbike. And, and like, and I just, I didn't really create scenarios in my head of how fast a badger can get out of the woods and get in front of you. I, I just assumed, you know, that people were actually trying to hit them because I thought they were just sitting in the middle of the road taunting cars or whatever. But, but of course, they can gallop at a crazy rate, and especially when all they have to do is gallop the length of a car tire to get onto the road itself out of deep bush is the one that I was in Devon going by he uh, or she I believe I don't, I don't know I, I didn't sex the animal <laughs> 
But regardless, I hit it with both uh, tires, and um, and I don't, you know, if there are motorcyclists in here, just if you need reassurance, I was quite surprised at how little it affected the ride. Because <laughs> you play scenarios out in your head, hitting an animal, and there's always a bit of you know, ah! like you're going to hit a tree on skis or whatever. You got that like tension type buildup, yeah. and uh, and I didn't even I didn't apply brake. Is how quick it happened. It was yeah. just like like well, both tires hit, and uh, I don't know if you would keep going, but. I, I, you know, whatever it is in my life, I put the bike on its kickstand. Maybe being a bit Canadian, I pulled out my uh, headlamp and uh, <laughs> went back to investigate the scene. And of course, my in my world, the nightmare was unfolding that, of course, it wasn't dead yet. Yeah. And it was just, you know, had that finish what you started look on its face. And uh, now I'm just, you know, you're, you're, living a, you're living a war movie, essentially. You're just uh, wandering around in the bush trying to find something to kill a bad with and, and and it was quite a, a bizarre scenario because I wasn't far from home and if you know anything about Devon if you don't the place is the most flinty place I've ever been in my life I've ne- never been anywhere where there is more flint and in fact as I was wandering through the woods trying to find an effective rock to be able to kill a badger with I was astounded because all I kept happening it being that it was in the dark anyway all that was happening was I was having flashes of rocks that I knew the whereabouts of that would be <laughs> that would be incredibly effective for killing a badger I kept having oh the one that I used to hold the shed door open when it's windy that'd be amazing there's one in the in the hall closet use that for the domain door and just and then and then i just thought you're you're over focusing as i've been trained that you shouldn't do in a in a panic situation don't over focus on things that don't matter go to what you can do for the situation i thought don't worry about rock it doesn't have to be a rock it just has to be a killing implement find a stick find anything and then somewhere in the middle of this frantic situation i just in in the woods alone just thought dude you're gonna have to kick this badger to death And then just had to examine myself. I don't know if you've ever had to stand in the cold, hard light of the moon and try and figure out which kick of yours could best kill a badger. But I, I don't want to get too specific, but I uh, arrived at the right heel hammer. <laughs> and then, uh, then it was a bit of a... It was quite out of body because my leg was able to achieve the kick I was looking for, which was quite effective with a motorbike boot on, but it was like I didn't want to be involved in it and I didn't want to be watching what was happening to the poor animal. I just wanted it over as quickly as possible. So it was like my boot was bringing the heel down and I was like looking the other way like a stunned onlooker to the situation. <laughs> ah! Ah! It was like very out of body and... And then at the same time, I just thought, oh, the last thing I need, people who are suspicious of me, like James, my, my neighbor, who is already curious about my snow tires, he, the last thing he needs to see is me kicking a badger to death. <laughs> and then I had this, the thought, should I drag it deeper into the woods? And that would be way worse to be, be caught with a badger in a headlock. Getting, and Did you see what I saw last night? Kicking a badger to death. That's what he was doing. What, the long-haired guy? Yeah, that, that, that's the one. So... So of course the lady didn't like that scenario, but I think people appreciate that there's there's this enough lady, humor in that. Doesn't and like, uh, this lady it, doesn't like it. She's turning her uh, partner uh, off for sure, laughing sure. at it. But yeah. but yeah. but is but that's you know a you come out of that it's very well life. because most people would have just driven away, right? So most people would have left the badger to die mm. in agony on I, the road. I, I think so. Okay. So that is that worse? And then I think with the, and I think the problem is people have with comedy is they think oh some subjects you should never make jokes about. Yeah. And then that's a that's a blanket. Thing and that's no. not true. Most uh, most subjects, if something like that happens to you. That is a funny story and it's a revealing story. It's about human nature. It's not just funny. It's ho- it's horrible as well. <laughs> Absolutely. So, but yeah. that's you know yeah. that's, tension. Yeah, 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 but that's but that's what comedy is. It's, mm. I think people who think that comedy is just jokes. Yeah, and, and so that you're laughing at something. You know, you're not. There's no way you're not even laughing at the badger there. You're not laughing at this badger. Can't that's, quantify it at all. Can no. You? So it's not. It's, it's 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 laughing at the situation you found yourself in through your own good nature. You've ended up in a horrible situation and that's the humor and i think that's you know so the, and, and then when you you do it, it's funny and then i tell you why it's funny and that's kind of destroys it's a, in a way i've kicked your badger story to death <laughs> so uh, wonderfully put and they're just you know 
in our world, there just should be no taboos, especially no. in a society where the, you know you, there's so many forums where you just can't say what's on your mind anymore. And you know, I'm not going to condemn where you are in your own worlds, but uh, you know, if you work in a setting where possibly someone can take your job away because you say something offhand in the in the staff room or whatever, yeah. that's you know, we don't live in that experience in comedy, and it should be what everybody you know doesn't have to experience. And and I, I think that comedy is the last place where you can actually uh, say say whatever you like. To, to the point of, like, uh, you know, if the audience walks away, then you're not going to get another show. Well, that's it. You know, it's, there, like, you know, it's possible to be too offensive and it's possible not to be funny, which totally. is worse for me than totally. being, <laughs> being offensive. Yeah. But also, it's impossible to do, to do a joke that someone won't find offensive, I think. And, you know, that's, mm. it wouldn't have crossed my mind that anyone could look at my poster and think, well, anyone who's totally. been sexually assaulted will be very upset yeah. by that poster. <laughs> like yeah. an Didn't action think man. that, you're <laughs> 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 And so they go, when yeah. are you going to take these po- all these posters down? You know, you kind of go, yeah, I'm probably not going to. But then it makes, it kind of, re- you know, then, I, but just one person give that little bit of criticism does I'm, hit you, doesn't I, it? I'm just remembering a crazy one that I had early days. One of my first ever big breaks in, in Vancouver in Canada was I got to be uh, on an episode of 21 Jump Street, which was a big show in our world. And, you know, uh, uh, what's his pickle from... Uh, from uh, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean and it, uh, yeah. Johnny Depp, Johnny of course. Depp, yeah. So it's like, you know, a massive thing for a young comedian to get a bit part in something like that. One of my best buddies, as a, a nice thing to do for me, wrote, or uh, didn't write, got a, a can of spray paint and on the pavement in front of my house put a star... <laughs> and yeah, and then put and then put my name in it, and like I came home to see that, and then uh, the next day, our neighbor, who was quite, we called him Easy Rider, he dressed like Dennis Hopper, he was completely out of his mind. He he didn't have a uh, didn't have a fence at his house, so he he left his German Shepherd on the roof to roam during the day. So like this, the guy you're dealing with, and. So I come home to find him incensed in front of my house because I have the goat's head written in front of my house. (laughs) That's the head of the goat, and that has to be removed from this neighborhood. And I was just like, uh, no, it doesn't. (laughs) But if you wish to get down on your hands and knees and scour away to get rid of what you deem to be a goat's head rather than what it actually is, the star with my name in it, you go ahead, buddy. And, you know, this is the kind of world that you're living in of people that can just twist it. Like, is that really what it is, man? Well, it's it's amazing. You've got to meet some Christians. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing when people get offended by what they've created in their own heads about about something that, you know, that you didn't intend or. uh, But you have to think about these things, but it is kind of. It's very interesting. Unfortunately, it's uh, too interesting, and we haven't got time to carry on talking about it. Uh, we've got to do the competition. Uh, so, one someone here is going to win all this wonderful Go Faster Stripe stuff, and uh, and the w- brilliant uh, Edinburgh for uh, for everyone book, which you can get from MacInteresting.co.uk. Yeah, I hope so. Have you have you had any? You've seen any uh, spike in sales I don't think since? Oh. I would say this was a poor uh, sponsorship uh, thing, but no, I applaud you for that. I applaud you for your lack of commercialism. Um, what we do is that we do a competition. We, we need everyone to stand up. There's quite a lot of you, so we need to kind of get on with this because this may take some time. Simon Money won't mind not doing a show today. We're going to make some statements that are either true or false. If you think they're true, put your hands on your head. If you think they're false, put your hands on your bottom. If you get it wrong, you have to sit down. It's self-policing. I'll start you off. I was just on uh, the BBC website um, during the interval. and uh, I saw it in the interval. It's Helen Keane was on. It was fine. Uh, it wasn't an interval at all. Uh, and the sad news has come through that uh, the newsreader, Kenneth Kendall, has died. Is that true or false? <laughs> What's true or false? True's on your head. Uh, do we need to describe the, the actual definition of what being true and false is? Because this may take some time. Oh, you mean which? Uh, false on your bottom, hands on your head. Uh, it is false. I do that one every day. You nearly, I nearly got this lady at the front. Oh, never mind. Uh, have you got a statement about anything that you know is true or false, Craig Campbell? Can you make a statement? Uh, I can come back. Some, I can yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, think, uh, I'll come back. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I, annoyingly, I didn't get to that yesterday. I didn't get uh, to do the how many lengths I'd swum as the final story because it came out. So I'll do this as a true or false. Yesterday, true or false, I swam 35 lengths at the... Uh, at the Virgin Active Pool. Is that true or false? No, it's false. I did 30. I'm still very proud. I'm very proud of 30. <laughs> you thought I did less. You thought I did more, way less than that. Have you got anything that can be about yourself or anything yeah. you like? Yeah, do, uh, do I have uh, seven different pairs of the Five Fingers product with me here at Edinburgh? He's wearing these unusual shoes that are like gloves. Does he have seven of them? True. If, if you think it's true, it's, put your hands on your head. What, it was it's the, true. Yeah. It is true. <laughs> yeah. Some um, of them stink. 
Uh, oh, it's a shame you're out, because you'd know this one. Uh, <laughs> you'd know if this is true or not. Uh, the biggest Scottish witch trial was in 1591, and one of the group of witches was called Barbara Napier. Is that true or false? <laughs> it's true. I tricked you with my pretending to look away. <laughs> 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 Have you got another one, Craig? Anything? Uh, yeah. About anything you like? Just going to a fact or anything? Uh, yeah, not that's not enough. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. no I, to, to me, it would just be lording knowledge in an embarrassing way. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, everything in my body resists that. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, is the Marianas Trench the deepest part of the ocean? True or false? The Marianas Trench is the deepest part of the ocean. True or false? True. That is true. I, I knew that. It was a good, yeah. a good fact. Uh, Rodney Bewes also told me yesterday <laughs> that he once had sex uh, with... Oh, fuck, I can't, think of, I can't remember her name. I do, honestly, I do know. Oh, Diana Dawes. True or false? He told me that yesterday. True or false? It is false. He didn't tell me it, but I think he has done had had sex. Around. <laughs> I think that's one of his uh, stories. Uh, is there only one person in? Anyone else in? No, I think. Are you still in at the back there? You're still in. Yeah. So there's two people in. We'll do a numerical question. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, to the nearest uh, number, how, do you, how many Maltesers did I eat yesterday? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with you. I, Zero? 30. Thirty. You could have just gone for one. And you'd, have, <laughs> you'd have definitely... It's the second time it's happened. But um, it was definitely... It was over... Th- I don't know how many it was, but it was a whole... Whatever you get in, like, one of those box ones. I had a whole box of those. So it's definitely nearer to 30 than not. So you have won, madam. Hey! What's your name? Oh, she's gone. I was just trying to chat her up. She looked quite nice. I wasn't really interested in it. Out of everyone in my audience, I mean, you've been commenting. That, you know, there's some weird-looking people. It's just Colin. This, he's, he's, he's always there. He's, only certain people can see him. He's not... <laughs> but he taped one of our shows that went wrong. Anyway, look, we've, we've done our time. So will you please give a massive round of applause to Craig Campbell and Helen Keane. Please come down tomorrow. We've got Janet Ellis on tomorrow from Blue Peter and Ahisha. So come tomorrow. Thank you very much. See you next time. Bye. Thank you.